0: Hey everyone, I am Asha Billington and this is The Campfire. Today we are looking at 16 6A, which means we're rolling through Cyprus to talk about CISD squads. After realignment, nothing has changed as far as teams go in the district. And here's a reminder of what teams are side in 16 a Bridgeland, Cy Falls, Cy Lakes, Cy Park, Cy Ranch, Cy Springs, Cy Woods, and Langham Creek. A lot of quality teams in this district, and a lot of familiarity as well. Let's analyze these teams in our film session. This district had an incredible regular season last year, but fell short in the playoffs as only Bridgeland made it out of the first round. The Bears graduated quarterback Connor Wigman, but returned Jonathan Nelson and Rick McKeeska to an explosive offensive team. Last year's district champ, Cy Park, may be taking a step back as a lot of experience has moved on. Defensive lineman Jarrett Anderson will be the leader on this side of the ball. Look for Cy Lynch to battle for the district title. It's the defense where they will be really scary. Speaking about good defenses, Cy Woods will be a problem on that side of the ball. Terrence Green and Dylan Rogers are D1 defensive machines that will put the Wildcats in the playoff picture. With that all said, the best player in this district will be running routes for the Langham Creek Lobos. Jaquase Pettaway is a wide receiver that changes outcomes in games with his pure speed. Cy Falls has the Offensive Newcomer of the Year in their backfield in Trey Morris, which should keep them battling for the postseason. Cy Springs has some solid linebackers and Lonnie Leary and Javian Jackson while Cy Lakes will be trying to keep from going winless again this year. With big stars like Connor Wigman and Harold Perkins graduating, we might see a new team at the top this year. Now let's dig even deeper into 16-6-A with Houston Chronicle reporter John Porman and producer Ward Fasold and our district breakdown.
1: All right, it's District Breakdown time. I'm with Houston Chronicle reporter John Foreman. John, we're in Cypress now, 16-6A. They had a heck of a regular season. Postseason wasn't so great. Uh, Three of the teams got knocked out in the first round, but Richland did go a couple, two, three rounds uh, before running into the magical Tomball team. But they also, this district got hit by graduation. A lot of the stud players that we saw last year are gone. Talk to me about how you think this uh, district may play
2: out. Yeah, well, there's going to be a lot of happy coaches that don't have to deal with Harold Perkins and Connor Wegman anymore, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, You know, obviously, uh, we start with, uh, you know, the defending district champion, Cypress Park. Um, You know, what a a job that Coach Greg Rogers has done since taking over there and building this program from the foundation up. I mean, you know, last year, obviously, they broke through and, and won. Uh, a district title. Um, probably, we're hoping for a little bit more playoff success, but that's definitely something that they can build on. Um, they did lose a lot of talent, including the aforementioned Harold Perkins, one of the top, you know, dual threat, two-way players in the in the country. Um, was headed down to Baton Rouge and LSU. Um, you know, he was a, a remarkable player, and you obviously can't just, uh, you know, replace that kind of talent, but. You know, they have kind of set the expectations now moving forward. Um, you know, you look over at Bridgeland, and, yeah, they, they lost Connor Wegman, and obviously that's an important position, the quarterback position. He's now at Texas A&M, so they're going to have to find an answer at that spot. But, you know, again, a, another younger program. Coach Dave Ratfield has done a great job since coming over there. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Cy Ranch, you, you can never count Cy Ranch out. You know, this was a program that had won a state championship before. Um, you know, and they always have a ton of talent. They're always going to be, you know, competing for the playoffs. So uh, it's it'll be interesting. It'll look a little bit different, you know, without those same star players coming back next year. But uh, make no mistake, there's plenty of talent left in this district.
1: Yeah, there is. And, and but do a little research. It looks like a lot of the talent is on the defensive side of the ball. You look at Cy Rance and Cy Woods, they both have, a lot of first-team defensive ends, linebackers coming back. So it's going to be hard to move the ball. Do you, think, do you think the swing may go to the defensive side of the ball this year and who can make stops may put you in the playoffs?
2: It's possible. Um, yeah, you mentioned Cy Ranch. Uh, they got a couple of really you know, highly rated players out there. A guy I really like is Ashton Porter. Um, you know, he's, he's got all of the big D1 offers. I think he dropped his top ten schools. Um, uh, maybe earlier this week or, or recently, um, you know. Uh, so you know, we'll see. There, there's not going to be, um, at, you know, quite the threat from uh, from some of these teams. I think just because of the, the talent that's lost with graduation. But you know, the, these kids, they they come into these programs and they they learn the system from day one. And and so, you know, it's it's kind of hard to say. Um, and then you have you know a guy like Jacques Petaway over at Langham Creek and you know that guy's going to be hard to stop you can bet that they're going to get the ball in his hands anytime they have an opportunity and so um, you know there's plenty of offensive playmakers still left but yeah it, it may be a little less high scoring uh, you know we saw so many games this past season that were high scoring um, we may come off of that a little bit but I don't know I don't know if by much
1: yeah, I was going to ask you, is that is – that of players that may have a chance now to step up onto the scene as big-time offensive players, Petaway kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, – we talked two districts ago about Ryan Niblett being a guy to just get the ball into his hands and watch him go. Uh, is he going to be that guy? I mean, I know Bridgeland also has Jonathan Nelson over there, but Petaway is is the guy that everybody's talking about.
2: Yeah, Jonathan Nelson, uh, a great player as well. But yeah, I mean – Petaway, you know, he's he's ranked as one of the top players in the country for a reason. You know, he's got that incredible speed, that playmaking ability. Um, He actually reminds me a lot of former Woodlands uh, wide receiver who's now at University of Houston, Keyshawn Carter. And kind of what they did uh, with him during his senior season was they just, they lined him up uh, wherever they could get the ball in his hands. They got him uh, some jet sweeps. They got him some, uh, you know, Uh, you know quick slants they got him of course they tried to stretch the field deep with him I saw him score on a blocked field goal um, once you know he just picked up the ball and got in the open field and he was gone so you know I I definitely anticipate Petaway kind of being all over the field I mean we've seen it last year you know what he can do Um, you know he doesn't necessarily need that many touches but you know when he does you got to be prepared for it and is going to cause a lot of havoc for defensive coordinators trying to game plan uh, for the Lobos this season.
1: I guess I'll leave it with last year we saw uh, Side Park, Ranch, Woods, and Bridgeland as our playoff teams. Do you see anybody cracking in there and, and, and dropping one of these teams back this year, or who could make a push for one of those spots?
2: Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, right down to the last week of the season, this district was,
1: um, you know,
2: competitive for those final spots. and. Um, yeah I mean absolutely uh, I think uh, coach Cody semper has done a great job at Cypress woods you know I think they could definitely uh be in the mix and um you know so it, it it's it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out for sure um obviously those teams coming back um have some big uh answers or have some big questions to answer uh you know but you gotta like the pedigree that those programs have created and the momentum they have right now and yeah, I mean, I think I think maybe the top four from last year would be my top four picks going into this season as well.
1: Perfect, perfect. Hey, look, if we didn't talk about a Cypress team you like this week, wait till next week. We got a couple more to throw your way at seventeen six A. So I will talk to you later, and we will talk seventeen six A.
2: Sounds good.
0: We've heard about the teams. Now, let's take a look at some of the athletes to watch out for and our players on the rise. Many feel like Langham Creek's Jaquese Petaway is the best receiver in the state. And who are we to argue? Petaway has 50 catches for almost 800 yards and seven scores as a junior. And that followed a 55-catch, 1,000-yard season as a sophomore. College scouts are very impressed with his top-end speed and explosiveness off the line of scrimmage. Petaway has offers from just about everybody, including Georgia, Texas, and Oklahoma. At Bridgeland, Reed Makiska is probably the best tight end in the district, just under six foot six. Makiska was a go-to guy for the Bears and the red zone. He got 24 passes for four scores. Colleges love that not only is he a big target, but can handle his business in the blocking game as well. Reed has offers from Florida, Oklahoma, and Miami, among others. Syracuse has some serious talent on the defensive side of the ball, and it starts with defensive end Ashton Porter. A monster on the line, Porter finished his junior year with 44 tackles, 19 of those for losses, and eight quarterback hurries. He also picked up three sacks and scored a defensive touchdown. Porter recently put out his top 10 list, which has Texas, Baylor, and Nebraska, amongst others. Cy Woods is also stacked on the defense as they are led by linebacker Dylan Rogers. He was a unanimous all-district first-teamer last year as he finished with 58 tackles, two sacks, and four interceptions. Rogers accumulated those stats in just seven games last year, too. He has offers for Missouri, Texas, and Nebraska, amongst others. Petaway will be one of the areas must-see players in 2022, so make sure you check him out. Another team that has potential to be a title contender is the Sidewoods Wildcats. Our word for soul caught up with their head coach, Cody Simper, to talk about the district and Wildcat football in our Media Day segment.
1: All right, it's Media Day 16:6A. we're talking with Sidewoods head coach, Cody Simper. Coach, let's talk a little bit about this district. Not much has changed. I should say nothing has changed, same squad, but does that familiarity kind of help or hurt the fact that you guys, you get to see the same teams over and over again, maybe be able to prepare for them a little bit better?
3: Well, I think it's a double-edged sword for us. Our staff is, is re- mostly new. We had new offense coordinator, defense coordinators, and of, of course, for me, it was my first year uh, with Sidewoods football, so, um, Obviously, it, we're going to gain some more familiarity with our opponents and and how they're going to attack us, and how you know we're going to gain some insight on how we want to attack them. But on this, on the flip side of that coin, uh, they're, they're obviously going to be a lot more familiar with us as well. So um, I think either way, high school football is such that you know there's so many new faces every single year that are actually on the field playing the game. Uh, it's, it's so much different than professional sports or even I mean, collegiate sports that, you know, our rosters turn over every single year. So there are different dynamics that you have to prepare for either way.
1: Talking a little bit about last year, you guys finished six and five, but five and two in the district. Uh, I'm probably going to say something that you don't want to hear, but the, the losses were good losses. They're, they're against good, really quality teams. I know you don't want to don't want to hear that. It means nothing to you. But, you know, you lose to a team like Shadow Creek in, in Katie, Cy Ranch, Bridgeland. These are teams that, That are formidable opponents. Plus, you beat the team that nobody could seem to beat during the regular season in side park. So, talk about how would you evaluate your first season there with Sidewoods and how you surveyed that district.
3: Uh, I mean, the district is just ultra competitive. You you mentioned that we're five and two in district, and we almost ended up in a situation in our district where we had a five way tie for first place. So, I mean, that came down to the last week. We ended up in a three way tie for second, um, but took the lower seat into the playoffs and and got beat pretty handily in the first round of the playoffs. So we're not really happy with where we finished up the year. You know, on the flip side of that, I think it's okay with going into the offseason with the chip on your shoulder and preparing for the next season. Uh, Of course, we lost to some quality opponents, but in the same breath, those are teams that we want to be uh, mentioned alongside we want to be mentioned in the same breath of the as the shadow creeks and katies and, and the ranch and, and bridges of the world so um it's a good learning experience for our team and for our program we're building uh, a new foundation here for our program with, with the turnover of coaching staff and just our kids learning what our expectations are not that they're better or worse than what the previous staff was they're just different and so i think a, another year in our system another year of our kids and coaches understanding what our expectations and standards are is going to go towards us being able to maybe put together a little bit more consistent product because uh, I really thought that that was our issue last year um, was not a a lack of ability of the young men that were on the field, but a lack of consistency and performance. And and ultimately that comes down to our coaching staff. As you mentioned, we beat the district champion, but then we lost to two other teams in our district. And uh, we just want to be more consistent with our play. Uh, We've got a lot of young kids that will be on the field this year. Uh, We'll have a bunch of kids that are probably going to end up being multi-year starters that are going to be coming into the fold with this team. But at the same time, we also have a group of seniors that have a lot of football under their belt. So we feel pretty good about our mix of of new young talent and, you know, kind of our star wars that have been around for a few years that understand how to play varsity football. So this summer is going to be crucial for us and just making sure that we're trying to close the gap Physically between us and the top teams in our district.
1: Well, you talked about consistency, and if we look at the defense side of the ball for 2022, uh, you have a couple guys that were consistently scary on the defensive side, and Terrence Green and, and Dylan Rogers, and some of those guys. Talk about uh, some of the guys you got coming back on defense, and, and how you hope they they kind of take care of business for you.
3: Oh, we we're bringing back the majority of our defense from last year's team, so we're excited about that. You have Dylan Rogers, who's going to be a three-year starter in our defense. Uh, he plays linebacker, but he's incredible, incredibly versatile. He can also play out on the edge for us. Uh, Terrence Green, who can play anywhere up and down the defensive line just because of his size and athleticism. Uh, he's also going to be a young man that that plays both sides of the ball, along with the, a young man that started for us last year on the defensive side of the ball by the name of Ace Pettis, who's going to continue to work on defense for us, but, but will play some offensive line as well. Uh, Carter Alamo was a, a starting nose last year who's back. Uh, One of our uh, other defensive linemen, his name is Brian Persky, Uh, did not necessarily start last year, but got considerable playing time at the defensive end position. So our defensive line and linebacker positions, uh, you know, the majority of those guys are coming back, including a a young man by the name of Juan Rojas, who's a three-year varsity kid for us. Uh, Add into the mix, uh, Ethan White, who uh, played a lot for us last year. On on the back end, our starting free safety is back. His name is Sawyer Dupre. uh, Gideon Strickland who saw a considerable amount of time in the secondary. So uh, we feel really good about our defense and the amount of experience that they're bringing in. Uh, they're a team that that is going to fly around to the football. They're going to play hard and, and they're going to be stingy. And um, you know, our goal is offensively to play complementary football. We did not score a bunch of points last year. Definitely not up to the standard that we would typically uh, play, but we also can played a lot of uh, ball control football for a no huddle spread team. I think we finished either first or second in time of possession in the district. So uh, we're going to build our football team around our defense for this upcoming year. And we're going to do a good job of trying to control the football offensively and try to score one more point than the team that we're playing.
1: Yeah, you uh, Looking at your defense and Cy Ranch defense, those two defenses kind of, are the ones that are scaring. I would say, scare 16-6A the most. But let's flip it over to the offensive side of ball. You talked about ball control last year. What are you hoping out of this team? And maybe during the summer workouts, what what are you kind of eyeing, zoning your eyes at, looking for somebody to step up on the offensive side of the ball?
3: We have a lot of questions about our skill positions. Uh, we feel like we answered a lot of those questions throughout the course of spring football, uh, which is always one of our primary goals for having spring football is to kind of set our roster and our depth charts moving into the fall. We don't want to have to figure that out in August. Uh, but there's still a lot of questions about whether or not it's going to play out on the field. Uh, we'll have uh, new faces showing up in competition for almost every single skill position, as last year's team had a bunch of seniors. Uh, we've rebuilt our offensive line. We have some guys that are that are coming back from last year's team, but we ended up about halfway through the season, and our offensive line was depleted uh, due to injury. So there are a lot of young men that moved around and played in spots that they did not have a lot of opportunity to prepare for. Uh, we feel like we're going to be more prepared at those positions. We're trying to uh, get a little bigger on on the offensive front. Last year, we had some guys that, you know, for all their heart, had to go in there and battle against guys that were much bigger, much stronger than they were, and that's something that we're going to try to avoid for this upcoming year.
1: Well, let's finish talking. Let's finish this by talking about your non district schedule. What last year, you put together a heck of a non district schedule, and and it really doesn't matter for wins and losses in non districts about growing as a team and seeing where your, your, your guys are gonna step up. Who do you have uh, this year in your non-district and what do you hope to get out of those games?
3: Yeah, when we look at our non-district schedule, uh, you know, we were, we were really excited about the, the level of competition of our non-district schedule last year. We felt like those games prepare us for district play and the level of football that we're gonna see throughout the entire course of the season. Um, our non-district schedule has changed because we needed to be able to see some Uh, offenses and defenses in our non-district schedule that we're going to translate to the offenses and defenses that we would see in district play to start preparing our young men for that. We open up with Katie Taylor, who is going to be an important game for us because they play an even front defensively. And right now in our district schedule, the only team that we see that from is Bridgeland. So we really needed to have some game in our non-district schedule that was going to prepare us for that football game that was going to take place later in the season. Uh, Moving into week two, we have Fort Bend-Dulles who is gonna run a very similar offense to what we're gonna see in inside Park. So we wanted to try to avoid moving into district schedule and playing a team that the only time we we're gonna see that offense and defense was against them because that does, that's not fair to our young men. Uh, and then week three, we, we travel just down the road and we've got Cy Fair High School. So we're renewing that rivalry. That game hasn't been played in the last five years. And, and we feel like it's really important as our neighbor school to get our two communities together for that game.
1: Awesome. That looks like a hell of a schedule. So uh, I wish you good luck this season. And Coach, thank you very much for
3: joining me. And thank you. We appreciate you taking the time.
0: That's going to do it for this week's show. If you haven't heard enough about Cypress ISD schools, just wait until next week when we head over to 176A That's where the rest of them are, along with some Houston teams as well. You can keep up with everything on the high school football scene on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. Until next time, I am Ashley Billington, and thank you so much for watching the campfire.